from the studios of Postscript Media and Canary Media. More than three months after Russia invaded Ukraine, you don't have to look far to see the economic impact. The average price of a gallon of gasoline in America is $5. That's a record. In some places, it's $6. And you're paying 11% more for food in the grocery store today than you were last year. Russia's aggression has complicated the flow of energy and food at a time when supply chains were already jumbled up because of COVID. And the war has left its mark on all kinds of commodities, including the global supplies of certain minerals and metals. And that is a problem for the battery industry. Yeah, certainly for the for the short term, this is uh, a, a major headache for a lot of people. Commodity traders are in a state of high anxiety and confusion over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Last night, the nickel price jumped an astonishing 66%. Here's a graph of the nickel price. It's gone vertical. Just in the past few months, the mineral supply question has really surged to prominence um, because, you know, after Russia invaded Ukraine, we saw real huge spike in nickel prices and lithium prices have been going through the roof too. There's so there's much more thought going into like how we actually get the raw materials that, that supply the batteries. That's Julian Spector. He's a senior energy reporter at Canary Media. He covers the storage space, a lot of which includes batteries for the grid and for cars, mostly lithium-ion batteries. And increasingly, he covers the materials that go into those batteries. Lithium prices have risen five-fold since April of last year. Nickel is also a particular concern because Russia supplies 10% of the world's nickel, and that's another key component in lithium-ion batteries. Do people in the industry consider these supply disruptions and price increases crisis level? How would they characterize this? I mean, when you look at those graphs, it's it's a real hockey stick. And this is not the kind of hockey stick graph that you want to be uh, seeing. People in the industry want to see exponential growth for EV adoption and, you know, uh, stationary storage installations for the grid. That's what they want to see. They don't want to see price of lithium, price of nickel just shooting through the roof uh, in, a, in a matter of days and weeks. So battery prices are going up when they should be going down. Definitely not a helpful trend for a technology so crucial for balancing renewables on the grid or electrifying vehicles. But this supply mess could actually be boosting a positive trend in the space, battery recycling. Battery recycling was once seen as an environmental solution. But suddenly, it's turned into an economic and national security imperative. You know, you can't just spin up a new lithium mine in a brief period of time to respond to these high prices. You got to get the land and environmental permits, and there's all sorts of things. So it could actually take years to kind of expand the global mining capacity in response to this. Pretty much all the new recycling companies are approaching their work as it's not just how do we get some metals out of these and sell them on the commodities market? They're really thinking, how do we make battery production a circular system where old batteries are are disassembled and turned back into new batteries? Uh, And what's really interesting about that in the critical mineral context is the, the U.S. does not have a very robust supply chain for batteries domestically, but to the extent that we can recycle the batteries that we are using, that creates a a secure domestic stream uh, that can then be used to build batteries in the future. This is The Carbon Copy. I'm Stephen Lacey. 
Batteries are a pillar of the zero-carbon economy, but are they sustainable? Up until now, battery recycling has been niche and fairly unsophisticated, but it's evolving into a diverse industry that's attracting billions of dollars in investment. Will a combination of geopolitical risk and technical advancements alter the battery-based economy for the better? The entire solar industry rests, both literally and figuratively, on a vulnerable material. That material is aluminum. It is one of the most carbon-intensive metals, with the bulk of its supply originating in China. But what if module frames made from domestic recycled steel replaced it? On May 30th, Latitude Media and Origami Solar will host a frontier forum that explores what would happen if the U.S. solar industry shifted from aluminum to recycled steel. We'll explore the impact on supply chains, costs, technical performance, and carbon emissions. This is a must-attend for anyone who cares about the domestic solar industry. Register for free by clicking the link in the show notes, or go to latitudemedia.com events. Julian, it's recycling week. Are you are you celebrating? It is. It's a, it's it's a it should be a national holiday, but uh, for now it's just a Canary Media special celebration. A holiday that you definitely don't get off. It means that you work double time. I yes, we have all been working double time uh, to to get a whole bevy of recycling stories ready ready for our readers. What what on earth is recycling week? Well, uh, so you know, at Canary Media, we we cover. Th- the work that it takes to build a clean energy society, you know, how to get off of fossil fuels. And sometimes critics of the clean energy transition will throw this out as a as a big problem. Like, well, you know, electric cars aren't so clean. What do you do with the batteries? And so we thought it was important to, to really investigate that and see, yeah, what actually do you do with the batteries? You know, you can't just throw them away. And same with solar panels and wind turbines. Um, so we uh, did some digging to, to find out what's the state of play, you know, and, and how concerned we should be about the clean energy recycling question. So this isn't your run-of-mill plastic jugs and tin cans recycling story. This is like, what do you do with manganese and cobalt and lithium and all that copper? Absolutely. Yeah. No, there's, there's, um, I mean, luckily a, a lot more value in a, in an old lithium ion battery than in a tin can or a plastic cup. Um, but now that mineral scarcity is hitting all these records, uh, people are, are trying to like look for whatever they can find to source the batteries of the future. And, um, a whole bunch of uh, recycling companies are coming up and saying, hey, yeah, we can we can help with that. Mm. Although those cans are pretty easy to recycle. I wish it was as easy to recycle a battery. That's true. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, it is generally packed with some, some amount of electricity that you don't want to mess around with. And um, if you do it wrong, there's always a bit of that fire risk. So you, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta do it right. You don't want to just rush into this. It's been a difficult couple of years for the battery industry. Factory lockdowns, labor shortages, rising commodity prices, they've all hit suppliers during a period of historic demand. And it's creating a drag for storage at a moment when we need it more than ever. Yeah, well, for for many years over the last decade or so, there'd been this perception that lithium-ion batteries, they just get cheaper over time. You you would hear that again and again, this onward march of lower prices as 
the factories scale up, and that's a, a huge reason that uh, electric cars are gaining uh, more more market share, and battery storage is taking more uh, of a role on the grid. But that came to a halt in, in the last couple of years uh, due to a number of factors. But yeah, the the supply chain crunch. Um, you also had just the surge in demand, kind of outstripping the the supply for for high quality uh, batteries specifically. And so we've seen prices for for the batteries actually start to to rise recently. Um, now the long term trend is still very much. Uh, batteries getting cheaper over time, but uh, it's certainly not as simple a matter as it as it used to seem. And then Russia invades Ukraine. We see crazy spikes in commodity prices. the The market goes nuts, and suddenly people are talking about this differently. So it was a trend that existed, but it's been supercharged. How has the conversation shifted? I think the uh, Ukraine crisis and all the various energy ramifications of that have really just hammered home a lot of things that people knew they should be doing, but maybe weren't prioritizing enough in the past. You know, like Europe probably knew that depending on Russia for oil and gas wasn't the best thing for its long-term interests, but now they're actually doing something about it. And um, on the metal side, like it was no secret that building more robust domestic supplies for our critical minerals um, was a good idea. But uh, seeing what happened to nickel prices, um, seeing the way global energy markets have been roiled by the Ukraine invasion has really drawn a clear link between clean energy policy and national security policy. And you see like President Biden invoking Defense Production Act for for battery minerals, calling it literally a, a matter of national security. All these companies that were already working on recycling are now able to say, "Hey, look, look what's happening overseas. You know, wouldn't we be better off if we could provide our own continuous source of of critical battery materials? You know, on into the future." So the urgency is there, and it's fueling a new wave of recycling activity. Coming up, can this burgeoning industry become a viable alternative to mining domestically and abroad? Mark your calendars for May 30th at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's when Latitude Media and Origami Solar will unveil new research on how recycled steel can help reinvigorate the U.S. solar industry. Why recycled steel? Well, the solar industry is dependent on imported aluminum for frames, leaving it vulnerable to geopolitics, supply disruptions, and higher-cost transportation. By switching from aluminum to recycled steel, solar producers can reduce greenhouse gas emissions and qualify for IRA domestic content incentives. Have questions about the shift to steel and the impact on supply chains? Join Latitude Media's Stephen Lacey, Origami Solar CEO Greg Patterson, and American Clean Power's MJ Shao for this live virtual event. Again, it's May 30th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Register for free at latitudemedia.com slash events or click the link in the show notes. In the last couple of years, a handful of American startups have raised hundreds of millions of dollars to recycle batteries. They're all pursuing different methods to extract lithium and other critical materials that can be used to make new batteries. It could be a $20 billion industry this decade as environmental, geopolitical, and price volatility concerns collide. They've been raising a lot of money from investors. So, you know, Redwood Materials, 
They, they raised $700 million last summer, which is huge for, for the kind of climate tech, clean tech space. That, that deal valued them at $3.7 billion. You know, uh, they've been kind of a, power, a fundraising powerhouse. Um, but Ascend Elements also raised $90 million last year to build out their factories. Uh, Lifecycle did a SPAC, and that pulled in over uh, $500 million. And then they've gotten a few hundred million more since then from like Coke strategic platforms, uh, as well as from a major mining um, conglomerate. There's real investor interest in this space just very recently. If we already have some billion-dollar companies in the space, when there's actually very little recycling happening. You, you can imagine how much uh, more valuable the sector will be when there's there's like real mineral processing at scale happening. There's this perception that the explosion of electric cars that is coming over the next decade is going to cause some really serious problems for commodity pricing, for uh, supply of critical materials, and there are worries that we will not have the technologies to economically recycle EV batteries at scale. What's the truth? Yeah, well, there, there's definitely going to be, uh, I think, an ongoing supply scarcity. Part of that's just driven by the the kind of insane growth curve of electric vehicles. You know, if it's been doubling year over year, and uh, I think we're, we're now into the 8% of new cars globally um, are, are electric, and it's just going to keep growing from there. So there's there's this huge growth. And, you know, the, the legacy mining industry was not built around that. You know, they've, it was built around the, the demand that existed before this EV, uh, you know, bursting onto the scene. So, um, yeah, there's definitely this need to catch up. And the Companies in the recycling space see themselves as playing a, a pretty essential role in uh, ensuring there's enough minerals to, to supply the future car battery demand. I mean, a lot of them talk about this vision of a circular battery economy where there's just a, a constant cycling of old batteries coming out, getting taken apart and cleaned up and put back into new batteries, and that that should be cheaper than going out and mining new metals out of the ground and refining them and doing all that work. Now, this you know needs to be proven uh, because the industry today is is clearly built around going out and mining new metals and, and refining them and manufacturing them. But in theory, if you already have this very concentrated supply of already refined metals and and you can efficiently pull them out of the old batteries and put them into new ones, then that could, in fact, be cheaper. Uh, and then the big question is, can recycling get big enough and good enough to supply a serious portion of the overall new battery demand? We still don't know yet because the challenge is there's a lot fewer EVs from a few years ago uh, and the future demand keeps getting bigger and bigger and you know it'll take a while for the the population of old batteries to kind of catch up to to what the what the new demand looks like. What happens to the battery industry if it can't properly recycle? If this technologically doesn't work in the way we think it will or we can't do it fast enough, what are the consequences? Yeah, well, if if the recycling can't scale up to to meet 
the future demand for new batteries. If we aren't able to scale the battery recycling industry to where it needs to be, I mean, one, there's the the waste problem of all these batteries will be piling up and they've got to go somewhere where they aren't a threat to the environment or to the, the infrastructure that they're housed in. But then there would also be this missed opportunity on the supply side of, of new battery production. And, you know, mining is a, a messy business and it's carbon intensive. And, you know, if we're trying to run this whole clean energy shift uh, using batteries as a, as a key pillar, you want those batteries to be as clean as they could be. Uh, and recycling is, is just much better in terms of environmental impacts and uh, climate impacts. So it's kind of a threefer. You can ensure secure supply. It's, there's a national security component. You can control the cost of batteries and the materials that go into batteries. And there's a wildly good environmental reason to do it. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a win on a whole bunch of different policy objectives. It's a, a good way to challenge some of the, the critics of electric vehicles. You know, people will say, well, it's not really that clean if you factor in the um, carbon emissions from manufacturing the batteries. And there is a real f- footprint associated with making a battery. Um, but that that's not a an absolute truth that's fixed for all time, you know? Like, if you can make the battery with recycled materials that's powered by clean electricity, suddenly that footprint goes down and the uh, the benefits of adopting an electric car versus a, a gas-powered car get that much better. Julian Spector, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's always a good time. Julian Spector is a senior reporter at Canary Media. This episode is part of Canary's bigger coverage for Recycling Week. Go to canarymedia.com to read stories from Julian and the other journalists there, and you can find all our episodes. We are a co-production of Postscript Media and Canary Media. Our producers are Jamie Kaiser and Alexandria Herr. Ann Bailey is our senior editor. Sean Marquand is our engineer. Original music came from Echo Finch and Blue Dot Sessions. Sean Marquand composed the theme. Postscript Media is supported by Prelude Ventures. Prelude is a venture capital firm that partners with entrepreneurs to address climate change across a range of sectors. That includes advanced energy, food and agriculture, transportation and logistics, advanced materials and manufacturing, and advanced computing. Give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. Thanks for doing that. Of course, share your thoughts on social media and send a link to anybody who you think would like this show. I'm Stephen Lacey. This is The Carbon Copy. We'll catch you next time.